views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. with a price tag you were slave to a flag in a country that clearly doesn't love you when they probably never have told you turn the other cheek and they made it with a bad fucking protest in them cities told you go fight in the war vietnam you died good riddance the man of the house rule took you from your siblings turned around a pump crack right up in your city and they turned all your leaders the martyrs you was off in the war now who was guarding your daughters it was riots in the streets killed malcolm and martin called the national guard up because we ride with our guard up and now it's burning your guard it's like in the mimic don't apply to you Everything that they taught you was a lie to you. See, they scared of your skin and they dying to shoot. Take the American dream and then you die to be soon. One day it'll all make sense. We said it about power, then it don't make sense. But none of that money matters when you live in madness. The one that you figure out that all you got is this. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Right on. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Right on. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Right on. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. For those of you who don't know the pain, the government was slinging out the chain. Good afternoon. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News, broadcasting from behind these enemy lines. My name is Scotty Reed, of course. Today's date is July 9th, 2015. It is a Thursday afternoon here on the East Coast. Shout out to the listeners um, that tune in worldwide. Today we have an information pack program for you. We hope that that is information pack. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I I like to uh, think that I'm a pretty good judge on you know information as part as opposed to garbage. So um, we do have some guests scheduled to call in. We will have excuse me from a num um a number of activists associated with either Rage Against the Ratchet and Clear the Airways projects. Um, at one time, you know, we had the militant-minded movement, uh, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. We had a program, uh, and Minister Paul Scott talked about that a while ago. But some of those brothers and sisters that was involved in that, uh, they still involved in doing work, putting in work. And so we know that Bill Cosby is among those who are dominating the news headlines as they have made public of uh, some records from a deposition that he gave in a, a lawsuit back in, I think it was 1973, early 1970s. And of course, people will say that it's a distraction, as they say many things are a distraction. Instead of looking at things as a teaching opportunity, instead of getting weighed down in the minutia of whether or not he did it and why all these women didn't say nothing before or why isn't he, in, you know, no, let's focus on the act itself of drugging women through um, various means, but through drinks and them passing out and then people taking it, uh, advantage of them, raping them. It's more than taking advantage of them. Rape is a serious crime. It's a serious crime. And so let's use this as a teaching opportunity. If you got daughters and sons out there, you should be talking to them about these sort of things. You should be talking to them about why it's wrong to put drugs in a woman's drink 
or a, you know, teenager's drink, young female's drink, and then sexually assault her. We should be talking to our daughters and, and about looking out for themselves when they are away from the home. Because, you know, it's a big world out there and, and teenagers are a part of that big world. And sometimes they get into things and go places that they know their parents wouldn't approve of and bad things happen. So are we arming these children with the knowledge that they need to at least avoid or lessen? You know, the bad things that could happen to them because they don't accept drinks from people and, and whatnot. They don't put themselves in a position to be drugged and then passed out and raped. And so especially, you know, the uh, both of these groups, which I have known about for some time, Rage Against the Ratchet and Clear the Airways Project, have long been trying to get the masses to mobilize against this this music whether we want to call it misogyny or gangster rap or, you know, we know what it's promoting. And one of the things that it's promoting is date rape. It's promoting the use of drugs, ecstasy, molly, whatever. I'm I'm not up on all the drugs that's out there that's being promoted through ratchet hip hop, through ratchet rap, corporate rap at that. So nobody's paying attention to that. And we're letting these white people get away with promoting this this programming that's being embedded in, in these young men and women's minds to where they would even get the idea of putting a drug in somebody's drink and then uh, sexually assaulting them and then recording it and putting it on video. As I have highlighted in today's description, um, there was, do y'all remember that young black girl in Texas, 16 years old? She might be 17 by now, but how somebody put something in her drink at a party and she passed out and they raped her and then, you know, took pictures of her, her exposed body, her naked body, and posted them on social media. I do know at the time that was reported that, you know, they were look, investigating it, but, man, let's not act like these things aren't happening. And, and so instead of saying, you know, Bill Cosby's a distraction, no, let's not let it be a distraction and let it be a redirection of your energy and your activity towards the work that these type of groups are involved in and getting this rape music off of the local public airwaves. I mean, come on, if, 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 like, you know, Brother Kwabana said, if it's wrong, what Bill Cosby did, if society is telling us this, Disney World is taking down his statue and whatnot, if this is wrong, then why is it right? What makes it right for corporations to then get these artists to write these rape music lyrics and, and then, you know, it's being promoted on your local radio station, hear it driving in your car, you know, young minds have access to it. These are so-called FCC regulated. So if you ask me, white people are, are primarily responsible. The government is primarily responsible for this rape music. Because those are FCC regulated guidelines. And again, y'all can come with that freedom of speech argument. I've already wrote my piece on everything ain't freedom of speech. Like Tim Wise want to say, he supposed that he could stand in the middle of Times Square and yell nigger in the street and that the first amendment will protect that speech no 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 it don't no it is there's, there's all kind of case law 
And so I think people are making excuses or they're misinformed about the First Amendment when they use that to defend all kind of harmful media programming to be promoted in in the community where they live. You want to know, you know, it's like it like I mentioned, this is social engineering, people. This is it's a science to this. And I believe that this is one of the driving factors, among others, like poverty, but of urban crime, what they call urban crime. If since 10 years old, this is what you hear. And even when you go to school, let's not put it all on appearance, because I have even been to high school gyms for a sporting event and they pumping some inappropriate music for teenagers to be, you know, exposed to in, in that setting. This is on campus. So then, of course, we know at the universities, they host these rappers. They pay them money, sororities and, and other groups pay them money to compete perform on these campuses and then you wonder why a lot of those people on those campuses think it's okay to rape so you know some of this stuff seems to be common sense but a lot of people ain't using common sense but i think we got brother quabana on the line uh do we got you good brother yeah you do all right good to hear from you yeah i was just raging against the ratchet (laughs) <laughs> as y'all say yeah, yeah that's, that's what we say and then we need more people to rage against that we don't have to rage too long if we do it properly man it's just so crazy it's so sad and so embarrassing right now what's taking place so yeah so uh yep. let me just inform the listeners um later on after we get through with this uh first segment in our interview with brother Kwabana, uh, repping the Clear the Airways project, brother Kwabner, you you also involved in a collective with Rage Against the Ratchet too, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought so. But after we get through talking about this very important issue, a date rape music, the music promoting the drugging of our our daughters and and whatnot. Um, I do want to uh, let y'all know I do want to talk about some of these uh, stories. Uh, related to the terrorist flag flying on the South Carolina State House Capitol. And then a very surprising story. I mean, it's only surprising of how little time it took for the bones of the one of the founders of the Ku Klux Klan to be evicted from the city of Memphis. They not only taken down a statue to this terrorist Klan Confederate general and uh, slave trader, uh, they are kicking his bones and the bones of his wife out of the city. They getting an eviction notice. So I thought that was great, and we'll talk more about that on the other side. So get, getting back to um, our guest, Brother Quabana, Rage Against the Ratchet, Clear the Airways Project. So what was your first thoughts? Let's let's go ahead and just let the people know. Um, Bill Cosby, of course, most people have heard, um, through some uh, – I guess it was the mainstream media was subpoenaing to get the records open. So the records are out there now. And so Cosby has admitted to um, you purchasing quaaludes or obtaining prescriptions to get quaaludes so that he could have sex. And this is how one of the mainstream reports went. Anderson, what we're learning tonight is that Bill Cosby testified back in 2005 that he got quaaludes with the intent of giving them to young women that he wanted to have sex with. Not only that. 
but he admitted giving the sedative to at least one woman and other people, according to these court documents that we just got. Now, here's what the court documents say. Cosby is asked, when you got the quaaludes, was it in your mind that you were going to use these quaaludes for young women that you wanted to have sex with? And his response, Anderson, is this. Yes. Period. What say you, Brother Kwamba? Well, you know, if, huh? go ahead. No, I was saying, what say you? Go ahead. I, you know, I'm just, first thing I thought about was how repulsive that, that is. And, you know, and again, it was according to that report, you know, his answer was in the affirmative. But I also said, okay, if that's repulsive, if that's taking advantage of our, our of women, you know, and what about our children having their radio stations on with these songs telling us to give that eight, give that wholesome ex, she don't want to sex at the end in the club, like ooh, 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 ooh. And that ooh, 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 this is a song called Flex from, we call it poor homie choir, like we call it rich homie choir. Call flex, ooh ooh ooh, and the video is crazy. The song is crazy, and it's just it's just saying straight up, you're gonna get a high, and then then we're gonna have a, a train being ran on her by every every everybody in the club, or she's gonna want to get with everybody in the club. Mm-hmm. And that's no different from um from little uh, what's his name, Big Sean. I was about to call him Little Sean out of Detroit on the song The Click. You know, she want to give me the poo tang. I'm gonna let my crew bang. My crew is big as Wu-Tang. And this is every day, all day on these radio stations targeting our children. And so we said if it's not cool for Bill Cosby to be doing this to some individual women, it's not cool for that to be promoted on radio stations targeting African children in these containment areas across Babylon. It's not cool. And that's why we, we work with, like you said, Rage Against the Ratchet and Clear the Airways Project. Uh, CMOTAP, which is the Committee to Eliminate Media Offensive to African People, to, um, to get this crap off these radio stations. Now, Brother Kwabner, you're a little bit younger than myself. I'm, I'm 47. Um, I'm old enough to, I read a lot of comic books as a, a 10 year old, and that's when I really started, you know, um, reading such stuff like that. And you would see ads in the back of it for Spanish Fly. And this is back in the 70s now. This is, you know, 70s, late 70s early 80s and you will see these advertisements for spanish fly and you know so i did some research and i've written about this in the past and spoken about it before but this is a part of a culture america has a rape culture you know to later on today i'll be talking about how inappropriate it is to be promoting terrorism by flying the flags of terrorists and monuments to terrorists and and, and worse you know and and so to me this is the same thing you have long been promoting that rape is okay that there's nothing wrong with men giving using um additives or drugs to spike a woman's drink and then sexually assault her this this is you know more than just about Cosby, but this is a part of a culture that Cosby was a part of, and now that culture is being promoted to thirteen, fourteen year old boys and girls out there. And and I'm like you, you know, it, it's it's not okay. No, and it's not, brother. We're in the same age range, man. So I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that too. But we also need to look at, you know, when you think about this and the effects that it has on us, we see it every day, and we're appalled by it every day. I live in the Chicago area where we had a seven-year-old shot and killed uh, during this weekend where so many Africans were celebrating July 4th like it was their Independence Day. That that uh, affront and a disrespect of our ancestors to even do that. So 
so every year, especially when it falls on the weekend, we have a, just a big spike in, in, uh, in, in fratricide. But again, seven-year-olds and, and even with Slop Hop at such time promoting uh, Al Pacino's version of Scarface so much, even he, when he got around to do what he was trying to offer and he had children in the car uh, back. And right now we're to the point where if you got music telling you, um, if the end tries me, I'm going to get his whole MF and family or I'm going to run up on the end squeezing and it's promoted and pushed to the people. And, 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 you know, what I don't like, if I don't like you, bang, bang, bang. Instead of not just getting away from you because I don't like you, I'm going to kill you. This is promoted and, and pushed. Multi-million dollar contracts are given to artists who people don't know nothing about. But when they say that, when they push poison like that, they pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so that, this is, that's what, man. Who, who is they, like though, a, Brother Quabner? Who is they? Because I, I was talking about the other, um, I was commenting on something else, and the person kept saying, you know, they. And I'm like, well, who is they? They say, we a lot of times say they say, but who is they in this instance? Who is the ones paying for this garbage? In the, in the instance of um, Chief Keith, who was a phenomenon a couple of years ago in the Chicago area when he had the song Don't Like, uh, it was Jimmy Iveen, 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 how do you pronounce his name, gave him a multi-million dollar contract to push that fratricide on the people. And uh, in, in, in the case of Bobby Smurder, who's now in jail, been in jail for a while for pretty much snitching on himself. Uh, his his person was L.A. Reed. Is he related to you? <laughs> no, L.A. Reed. You're talking about L.A. Reed the, um, that was uh, tied to TLC. And um, I think he was on one of them music programs, reality shows on television. At L.A. Reed, he was a judge or yeah, something. Yeah, he was with the deal. He was with the deal uh, two occasions and all that stuff from yeah. uh, with Babyface. L.A. Uh, La Face Records, he was with the right. band, the deal. So, and that's, so he knows good music. And he looks like you and I. We at the same time, he's going to acquiesce money. I mean, paying money. $2.8 million contract, I think, is what they gave to uh, to uh, Bobby Smurder to push that fratricidal poison on the masses of our people. And now when you go to any event or you see our children, even adults, brother, I mean, I've been to uh, events where adults are at and that song come on and act like they're hypnotized. And the song is straight up, I'm going to run up on the end squeezing. You know, it's straight up about killing people. And it's just, we've, we've lost our minds and that's why this culture is so important that we deal with this culture of music and culture as you know is your way of life if you're playing these songs 15 20 times a day on multiple stations and and areas where we struggle or where we live how do you think the people gonna act it's mind programming i I mean i I know a lot of people they may think that it's not real that mind programming isn't real uh real that they cannot program behaviors but actually the research has been done plenty of studies have been done and they have used it on populations i mean we just have so many uh examples of it being used to to do this so i think there's a direct correlation yes it, it is a direct correlation and then when you look some of the things we got to look at and understand is that people say oh just music or well, i don't want you messing with free speech and so forth and so on but if it's just music that's just free speech, why don't they play it on stations that target other people instead of our people? Like Clear Channel or iHeartRadio, for instance, has like eight stations that they control in the Chicago area. The station they have is for young Europeans. I think it's called Kiss. They give them one sexual reference in the song for every 25 they give to the station that targets young Africans, WGCI. So it's a 25 to 1 ratio. Of sexual uh, lyrics in the rap. Same company, 
but 25, 25, not 25%, but 25 times more on the black station and white station. When it comes to violence, it's, 20, it's 50 times, 50 violent references in the song on WGCI as compared for every one reference of violence in the song for Kiss. That's, you know what they're doing. They're coming out of the same office, this different, same studio, same office in downtown Chicago, pushing that poison to us on a 50 to one ratio tell us to kill each other and commit fratricide. And if you look at the killings that take place in Chicago, you find out in 2013, 400 plus people that were, that were killed in Chicago, only 12 of them were European. Racial is pretty much the same, 98% European. I mean, uh, non-European, which they were either Africans or, or, people of, uh, or, or people of Hispanic descent. You know, that's crazy. And, and, and you know, sometimes, Brother Scotty, I say, while I look at that, I listen to these letters, I think about how crazy that stuff is. I kind of, what's more crazy about the fact that this is taking place or that we don't organize or, or understand this is a priority that we get that crap off the radio, that we don't organize more people to get it off the radio, that we don't outcry more. Do you think that um, over in Mexico, you have songs on the radio calling the people derogatory term for Mexicans? Do you think that in, in South Africa, then we have songs on the radio targeting African people calling them coffers. Or in or in, in Vietnam, songs on the radio stations in Ho Chi Minh City calling the people groups. Or in Japan or in Tokyo calling the people Japs. They would not take it. And so ninety percent of the music on these radio stations that target African people drop N bombs on us. Ninety percent of them. Not just one, multiple N bombs back to back. What, to back. What's coming to my mind as you talk, uh, Brother Kwabana, is a lack of black self respect. And I know that seems like a term that's used often, but how else can you explain it? Because the other day I was just talking about the same thing, but in reference to, you know, the Confederate terrorist KKK flag and how Jews have enough self-respect that they would never tolerate, you know, any monuments to Hitler, Mengele, you know, uh, Hermann Goring, uh, Joseph Goebbels. They, you, no, you don't see any statues to them anywhere in, in the world because Jews would never tolerate it. And Jews wouldn't tolerate, you know, I guess Eminem talking about kikes and, and stuff, you know, derogatory terms for Jews. See, see what I'm saying? They got too much black. I mean, they got too much self-respect. And so I know that sounds harsh, but sometimes we have to, you know, just what else? What other co logical conclusion that can I come to except for there is not there's a big void in black self-respect? Because you would think the churches, the NAACP, which has had funerals burying the N world, N word that, you know, they will be uh, picking up on this campaign and promoting it. You know, but they're not. And, and then we then that's when we have to look at, well, look, how is the NAACP tied to the industry? Well, the Image Awards and they're giving awards to these rappers and stuff like that. So that's why they sit exactly. on the sidelines. So, you know. Exactly. And, and it's sad because, I mean, we've, we've been in touch with, or with these organizations, with so many of them that, that know what's going on. And we share, we put it in their face that it's going on. You know, we talked to state legislators. Uh, matter of fact, we've been working with um, a congressman who, who's in the area here who were one of these stations is pushing that poison and living in nowhere. And then, hey, we've been complaining to the FCC. And that's another thing, too, that people need to understand when they bring up this freedom of speech or this uh, First Amendment thing. The First Amendment, it does not cover seeing 
programming on radio stations. You can't do it at any time. Some people say it's between six and ten, and uh, you should you you can't play it. You can't even play it after that. It should never be on the radio. And they have uh, uh, rules and they have um, policies against that, laws against that. Not indecent is what they don't want you to play between six and ten. But if if a group of people, a community of people, say we don't want it on at any time, that's on you. That's on you. If you don't want anybody on the radio rapping constantly about, I got three babies and they all three, or I had bees having babies every week, you like that on the radio. If you don't want that, you don't have to have it. Or, or I look, or they got a song out now, brother, with a dude rap. I will, I will hit that B like Ray Rice in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like the lyric. That's the lyric. Huh? That they made a that's reference to Ray Rice. Yeah, in the elevator. Wow. You know, straight up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit a, you know, they're trying to, you know, but still, don't sit. Why is that on the radio? Right. Ray Rice so, lost so, his uh, career behind that. He had to go through a, uh, you know, the criminal justice system. They adjudicated it there, but yet, you know, it's perfectly fine to promote this crime on the airways. I mean, that where's logic in that? How is that even legal? You know what I'm saying? But again, you know, uh, the logic is, is that this is deliberate programming to get black people to destroy themselves and black people going to have to wake up and come together and unify under the RBG. That's right. Yep. I agree. Unite under that RBG and take control of their community. That includes the airways. These are... uh, quote unquote community stations, you know, and they're being supported by McDonald's, Walmart, all these other places that's now saying, okay, we're not going to sell a Confederate flag because that's wrong and inappropriate to be selling a terrorist flag, which promotes terrorism. So Walmart shouldn't be putting any um, ads on any kind of station that's promoting the kind of music that you're talking about, Kwabna, because you know better than me, bro, because I can't listen to it. So I know that you and others have taken upon yourself to subject yourself to that garbage so that y'all can provide accurate reports. So I'm going to defer to you on the stuff. It's tough. It's tough. I'm on my lawn last week, but one of them ratchet songs was in my head. And I kept on singing to myself, rapping to myself, like, man, you got to calm down. So I take a couple of days off every once in a while to listen to that crap or monitoring that crap. But we have to do it, man. You know, the, uh, a lot of people say, I don't listen to it or this or that, but your children are listening to it. And you, I got to, like, if you were, if you had some porn on in your house and you turned it off because you know it's porn, you don't want to see it. Because you know your children are downstairs listening to it or another one listening to it. You wouldn't let them listen to it. You turn it off. Or you cut it off. When you get it off, you, you complain. And that's pretty much what they're giving our people right now, straight up. We call it audio rape. Uh, it's audio porn. And probably right now, under, our children are under audio assault or audio rape by these radio stations. And it's blatant. It's blatant. I mean, little, little, uh, what's her name? Nikki Garbage. Nikki Garbage got a song out called Only. I never F Wayne. I never F Drake. If I did, I'd menage with them and have them eat my ass like a cupcake. And so when you hear that and they see it getting played 15, 20 times a day, there's another song I'm supposed to be with a young sister. I can't think of her first name, something Jocko. She lines on there. And the song is, by the way, the song is not called Supposed to Be. It's called P-O-S-T, Supposed to Be. And so they just dumb you down in all sorts of ways. But she raps on there that uh, eat my booty like groceries. Mm-hmm. Like groceries. And this is played 15, 20 times a day for young Africans. To listen to young sisters and young brothers constantly is back to back Sunday morning. They don't stop. 
And so we're working with, uh, you know, we've had some, we had some successes. You mentioned Walmart, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Do Better, I think that's the name of the group. Well, they sent letters to, to Walmart, and I think the 10 Walmart stores agreed in that area that they're not going to advertise on the, on the uh, Clear Channel I Heart Station over there anymore. Over in uh, in Delaware, when our comrades were raged against the ratchets, and our people there put so much uh, pressure on a smaller slop-hop station that they totally changed their format. They're not even playing um, hip-hop anymore or rap anymore. And that's not our goal, to get rid of rap. We do know that there are plenty of artists who are still making good music, rap music that's revolutionary, that is not disrespecting their people, that's fun, that, you know, it's not disrespecting the people. And so, there's those, and so there's enough of that out there that they can play without doing what they're doing to us right now. So we know it's a, it's a planned, um, uh, it's planned what they're doing to us. But even if we can, even though it's planned, and we can turn the radio off, we got to stop doing it because it's destructive to our people. It's all, it's destructive to all, to all of us. Most definitely. It's not right. We're going to, um, Take a short station identification break and then hit the phone lines. The phone number is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. Uh, once you're dialed in, just hit star six and one to come in on air. You also have an option, no matter where you are in the world, with your internet connection, to click on the web-based flash phone. That'll be a free call as long as you have a pair of headsets. And the last way that you can also reach out to us, well, two more ways. You can call us at 704-951-5030. That's 704-951-5030. And finally, you can hit me up at admin at blacktalkradionetwork.com. That's admin at blacktalkradionetwork.com network.com and we're talking about if what Bill Cosby did was not okay why is it okay for people like poor homie Quan to be promoting drugging women so that you can run trains on them and, and all that kind of stuff and you know so why are we accepting that let's not let call Bill Cosby and what he um, admitted to doing in his deposition be a distraction let it be a, a teaching opportunity let it be a rallying call for us to come together as black people and put a stop to the audio rape of our children you're listening to black talk radio news broadcasting on the black talk radio network we will be right back on the other side with your phone calls this is Sean Hayes with Hood News and you're listening to the black talk radio network stay tuned host of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Speaking in behalf of the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser, since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more by giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also. Let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is Elliot Booker of Time for Awakening Radio Program. When they got into the car, they was like, come on, Jay, let's go, come with us. It seemed harmless enough, an impromptu invite to the home of a friend of a friend, the kind of thing high school kids do all the time. Kids. 
hanging out. But for 16-year-old Jada... And I just got swooped into it. What happened behind these walls... I wasn't supposed to be there. ...became a nightmare. I had no control to say no. I didn't tell anyone to take my clothes off and do what they did to me. Jada says the teenage boy hosting the gathering offered her a drink of punch. She believes he spiked it with a drug. She says she passed out and had no clue what had happened. Until disturbing tweets, pictures, and videos started to appear on social media. Jada says she was raped that night. We blurred the images, but kids have been sharing them over their cell phones. And everybody's texting me, are you okay? It's okay, Jada. You're going to be okay. And I'm just like, all right. Houston police are investigating Jada's claims. Her mom asked not to be identified. No one's daughter deserved this. No human being deserved this. Reputation, that's over. In a way, it's as though she's been assaulted twice, both here and online. And even though it's our policy not to identify rape victims, Jada refused to hide. Some point of hiding. Because um, the picture, um, well, everybody already seen my face and my body, but that's not what I am and who I am. Who she is. I'm just angry. A young girl haunted by the reminders. Wow, so, you know, I got three daughters, and I remember that story very vividly. And where do you think those young men that did that to her possibly got that idea? You think homie Quan gave him the idea? Do you think, uh, who was the guy who had uh, Rick Ross? Um, yeah, didn't he lose Reebok deal because of one of his songs promoting rape? But then we let that be the end of it. Of course, the group people at Rage Against the Ratchet and Clear the Airways Project did not stop um, after Rick Ross lost his Reebok contract. No, they have still been engaged in that in that uh, kind of work. So instead of letting this Bill Cosby thing be a quote unquote distraction, let's use it as a call to action to clear the airways that's putting this kind of programming into these young people's minds that where it is producing very real victims like Jada. Uh, area code 267, you are on Black Talk Radio News. Please go ahead with your question or comment. Hey, good afternoon, Scotty. Can you hear me? Yes, good afternoon, Ralph. Hey, how you doing, man? And I want to say good afternoon to your guests. It's a good program. I'm in route, so I'm not going to keep you long, Scotty. But one thing uh, I, I just have to say, you know, it's funny how Dylan Roof has disappeared from the news and that manifesto about how black men are raping white women. Now what's dominating the airways is Bill Cosby drugging and raping white women. So I'm not going to stay too much on Bill Cosby, even though the brother has admitted to some immoral acts. I'm not going to stay too much on him, man, because, uh, you know, this country's been raping us since we've been here for 400 years. And it's a lot of nerve to, like, just put the, I mean, what the brother did was wrong. But these hypocrites. That's what we're saying, brother Ralph. Look at the music they're putting out. Look at what they're paying for. So that's what we want to focus on, the white supremacists that's raping our children. Right, and I have three daughters myself. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I tell you, every time I see that crazed white police officer throw that little young girl down down in Texas with his knee on her back, mm-hmm. man, it, you know what I mean? Right. So that stuff pisses me off, but they want to focus in on one of the, and I always say there's nothing good in Hollywood. 
nothing good, but they'll put these people in our face and give them some kind of moral character. And behind the scenes, these people are nothing but filth. So I'm not going to stay focused on him. He's nothing but an actor that had a lot of money. They gave something to the black community. He could have gave more, but I'm not going to focus on him. This music and everything you're talking about, brother, it pisses me off. Every time I see this Nicki Minaj on these award shows, I want to puke because that is filth being thrown in. And I'm glad this brother say L.A. Reid and a bunch of them because I want to write letters to these people. M- M- NAACP, the NAACP Image Award. You want to give these people, think of the name, Image Award. That means we are idolizing you. You are the perfect image of what we want our children to grow up to. So we're going to give you an award. Now, I think Nicki Minaj won an award for new artists at one time from them. You know, and, and so, yeah, they got questions to ask. What's that, Brother Kwabner? She just won an award for People's Choice Award. Uh, last week on the BET show, and then uh, then uh, on on, uh, exactly. on the fourth on the fourth on the fourth of July, there's still called Independence Day. I'm listening to the radio in the Chicago area, and she has a song where she said, "If I had a D-I-C-K, I'd pull it out and piss on her." But yeah, she won she won the Image Award, and see, and you know, and, and you know, you brothers with with these daughters, man, you know, you think about you think about this violence. They always put this violence in Chicago with the drug uh, to, uh, to gang related. But I we started asking brothers this question. If somebody calls your mother, your sister, your auntie, or your daughter, a B or H, how would you handle that? And we even have to talk to one person yet who said they would not do do nothing. Everybody, came from the smallest brother to the biggest brother, said there would be a problem. And so a lot of this stuff is happening when people are disrespecting our daughters and our mamas and our little sisters because brothers feel like taking it. And so the question we ask them, if it ain't cool for you as an individual to allow your sister, your mama, your daughter to be disrespected, why are we allowing mass media to push that on the masses of us. It's not right. That's true, That's true. But, brothers, I'm en route somewhere. I'm going to continue listening. I just had to call in, Scotty, because I am pissed off about this. And sometimes it seems like we're so powerless because we got so many traitors in our community that easily sell out for this garbage. So I'm going to continue listening. Um, I'm gonna have to write some letters. Maybe we can get a campaign to start fighting against this nonsense because hey, it's not right. Brother Rab, hook up with um on Facebook. They got Facebook pages. Uh, Clear the Airways Project. Just type that in there. What about Rage Against the Ratchet, Brother Quabana? They got a Facebook page. They got a Facebook page. They're doing it big in Philly, and again, we work together with them because they are. They got a music producer uh, who's putting out good music, Carvin Hagens, who's just tired of this crap too, and others. And they've had some good, uh, some good follow-up and some good people out there working with them to do some things that, to make some changes in the Philly area. And they still need help because Philly Clear Channel Station decided they're going to have an anti-violence series of concerts this year. And the first person they had was young little Dave Loaf out of Detroit who has a song, Little End, Try Me. I'm going to get his whole MF and family. And they, that's how hypocritical and how confusing I heard the media will be. They're going to say anti-violence. They're going to bring out someone who says, I'll have your stomach bubbling and have your head down in spaghetti after I didn't shot you. you know, so they right up your way, court. brother Ralph. There's some people that can, you right can hook there. up with. Yeah. So I'm going to keep an eye out for uh, and I'll go to that uh, Facebook page. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for this program, man. We really got to save our youth. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Take right care. On. All right, that was uh, Brother Ralph from up in the Philly area, one of the co-hosts and co-producers of Time for Awakening Radio, heard right here 
on the Black Talk Radio Network every Sunday at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, let me see. We do have another caller. Um, let me see. Area code 973. Go ahead with your question or comment for Brother Kwabana or myself. Yes. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Um, this is called. Yes. Good afternoon, sir, and uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Green. Um, it's funny. Um, I'm here on the East Coast, New York, New Jersey, and we've been having this talk for the longest in terms of this type of music. You know, I thought about what this guy said on Time for Awakening on Sunday about having complete sovereignty in your household, and that's where it starts at. Um, my daughter, she's 16 years old. And um, we do not play any rap in here. She hears any rap is from 80s back. Or if it's a good song that I think is a good song, she, we don't play any rap. Now, what she is funny because we were looking at the BET Awards. And I don't usually look at the BET Awards. I, I just don't get it. I don't, I, I mean, after they sold their station, their soul, as I would say, to uh, whatever, to the, uh, to the powers that be, I just gave up on the station. They had some great programs before they sold their, their soul to uh, the powers of be. Now, while I was watching the program, she jumped up and said, somebody, you know, I don't know, was he two chains, big dog, little dog, one thing, I don't know who he was. But I think you just mentioned the name, and I didn't know this song was out. Again, I don't have my station here. I listen to jazz music, message music, any powerful music that's sending a message, because that's what I was brought up. Actually, I was brought up from old, old, because I used to listen to my music that my mother played. We're talking about the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, you know. So um, that's what my daughter uh, listens to while she's in the house, so she knows me at the moment. She knows these people, who they are. And I guess, you know, when she jumped up and said somebody by the name of Big Dog or whatever, Big Sean or something like that, I, I said, who is this guy? Big Sean, or maybe yeah, she missed, Big Sean. Okay, maybe she listens to it. Uh, out when she's with her friends or something, but when she's in the house, she's yeah, in, in the car. Like, See, that's why, caller. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you just made a very important point. We can't control what they do when they get in the car and they go about life. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And and they exactly. and that's why it's important that we do have to target the local radio station. You know, isn't it? So that's why you have these groups like Clear the Airways Project because it's not right. You know, it's not right. One time it's I jumped in the car with right. my, my niece. She's 20 years old, okay? She's 20 years old. So I asked her to uh, take me somewhere. She took me and I got in the car and garbage playing on the radio. What was that? It, it, I'm in love with the cocoa. I'm like, you know, cocoa, that's crack cocaine, what they talking about. And then I looked up the video. So, I mean, it shouldn't be on our publicly FCC regulated Radio stations, that's the way I feel about it. I draw the line there. I agree with you. It shouldn't be there. But, again, as Malcolm, as, as, um, Malcolm said, who controls the airwaves? Who controls the narrative? You know, once we, when we get more stations, then we can play better, a much messier music. And, again, when I think about me growing up, we never had that type of music to begin with. My thing is, like, when did it all change? I mean, the hip-hop, hip his own stuff. I mean, that's the stuff that, you know, you know, I kind of grew up on. And I, I never heard anybody calling people hoes and, and witches and, 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 and whatever. I mean, that to me, that is like, how dare you? How dare you? 
how dare you? So anyway, I think it starts in the home, Mr. Reed and the guests, is that, okay, although she may be hearing that music on the outside, she knows that she, she knows there's a difference of music. Cause she'll tell me, she'll say, well, we'll discuss music. And I say, when, when she told me about Big Sean or whatever, Two Cents or whatever, I said, what? And then I heard, when you play that song, I think I heard it on the station. I don't know, I had the station on because I wanted to really actually hear it. And I heard a little... You know, like I said, it hurt, it hurts my ears to hear it, but I did hear it, and I am going to talk to her more about, about what she, because when she hears the music at home, she really gets into the music. And like I said, even when she's home, she doesn't even play the music that she plays on the outside. She plays from another station that is really good music. So maybe she's doing it to appease her friends or whatever. Secondly, it, you know, like I said, it starts in the home. Even when you're, when you're, you're giving your child nutrition, like my daughter, she'll reach for water before she reached for soda because I learned in nutrition that you should start your children off with water before you do anything. A child's going to eat what you give them. They're hungry. They're going to eat what you give them. So if you start them off with Kool-Aid and all this other stuff, they're going to they're gonna have that. When drinking out, I always told my daughter, and this is what happened to my sister. She had she was at a place young when she was younger. Somebody put something in her drink. It was a, it was a, a great drink. And today, my sister will never drink anything that looks great or anything. She still, she, she just goes into a frenzy. You, you could never give her anything that looks great to her. I mean, she slipped out. I mean, she really slipped out. I was going to ask like, you that question. Have you had that talk since that happened to your sister? And that's something that I've been asking people. And I put on Facebook. Have you ago. had I mean, that talk? like 20 years ago that this happened. And but with your daughter. With my sister, and she always said, one thing you don't do is you never leave your drink. You take it with you, or if you leave it, leave it there. And that I, I thank God she's older than me, and she taught me that when you drink out, you leave the drink there, or you take it with you, and it has to be in your hand. Never put down in your hand at all times. Also, this date rate thing, women have to understand. I always tell my daughter, don't be. You you have to have a sense of decorum as a woman. Men are men. Women are women, and we do have is a different standard for us. You can't be too loose. You know what I'm saying? You have to have a sense of form and know where you need to be at different times. You don't be somewhere at two o'clock when you have no business being, because people got other ideas on your mind. You may be having different ideas, but don't put yourself to set yourself up for the for for the kill. That's how I feel. You setting yourself up, you know they may be whatever. You still have to protect yourself. And I tell my daughter daily, you have to be in control. If you don't get in those situations, it don't start and won't be one. Don't be in no man's face flirting and all that stuff and, and acting all crazy because they may have other ideas. They may say they're your friends, but you know what happens. So just understand the cue. You have to have a sense of decorum. You know when to cut it off. You know when to leave a party because things do happen and you have to learn to control the situation. I'm you know, no, there, there's, a, there's a All right, thank you, out. Carla. Okay. Thank you, sister. Scotty? Yes. There's a song they had out last year in Chicago about this time. And uh, I saw it on BT once. It was like, well, whether you're going to keep it or not. They did it as a uh, promo for the teenage show. I can't think of their name. Oh, uh, something in Park, 41st in Park, whatever, uh, in Chicago, the BT show. And the song is called Wife Her. I will never wife her. I will never her. wife her. That means getting married. Right. I will never wife her. I will only one night her. The woman are full of lies. Just F them and pass them to my guys. Mm-mm-mm. This was a hit song in Chicago, one of the hottest songs in the club last year. We had Chris Crown with the song, uh, Them H's Ain't Loyal. Uh, another group, I can't think of the name of the group right now, had a song talking about uh, 
I ain't never cut that bead off. Um, so constantly, our children, our sisters are being disrespected by the radio station. And it's, a, it's just nonstop. And the sister that just got off the phone, that's beautiful that she's with her daughter and her daughter taking care of her daughter. But we got so many brothers who are the protectors of our other children and raise the sons who are locked up in these prisons. And I know that's something that you hear with political prison radio. That's a great program that the people definitely need to listen to. But this whole prison industrial complex is another part of this thing. And also what they're saying on these songs is lead more and more young Africans to be locked up in their prisons and right. their systems. So it's just so many ways that this music, this, which is, again, part of our culture, which is one's way of life, a people's way of life, how destructive and detrimental it is. And we can file complaints. Phyllis, tell my writing, if you're still listening, file a complaint with the FCC. Write letters to the station. If you hook up the brothers and sisters and raise against the ratchet in Philly, they've been doing it big on those things, and they can uh, they can help with that. But we need to make this movement go um nationwide and we need to get this crap we need to be a cease and desist by september 1st in the summer and that's too long for us to stop this crap it's by the end of summer we got to get this crap off the radio it is horrid horrible and it's not even hip-hop it's what we call slop hop i want to play this clip and uh then hit the phone lines again but this is from an action that rage against the ratchet uh took last year in 2014 so just to give you an idea of some of the people out there and the things they involved in there are people working on this and they need a lot more help you know a lot more help need help yeah need help from our delaware newsroom residents in wilmington came out today to protest the kind of music being played on one radio station the rage against the ratchet group gathered outside the corporate office for kiss 101.7 the protesters say the music being played promotes sex violence and drugs and it's being heard by young ears it's just very disrespectful and it's demeaning to our community as a black community, but it affects America's community. So we're just trying to find a way to get radio to give us a balance to pull that music out of the, the rotation of the times that the children are listening. A spokesperson for the radio station said it brings Wilmington residents the songs they want to hear. The songs they want to hear. The songs they want to hear. As a citizen, I am disgusted that my local black radio station claims that I enjoy listening to derogatory, misogynistic, and violent music on the radio. Where did they get this idea? I'm a human being. I'm not a thug. Not a hoe. I'm not a bitch. Drug dealer or user. I am tired of the stereotypes constantly placed on my community by black radio stations. Programmed by people who are far removed from my community. What happened to the days where I could hear songs that would uplift my community? Or songs that talked about having fun and made you want to dance? Now all I hear all day are songs that include suggestive lyrics about suits kill that popping pills and sex. Most importantly, these songs are heard by our children, my children. Play during the daytime hours while they're traveling back and forth to school. So now you, radio, are feeding our children the same songs in rotation. That include explicit lyrics and sometimes uncensored lyrics. Such as, I'm rubbing on it, rub rubbing. If you scared, call the reverend boy. I'm drinking. Get my brain right. Or, see, I told her the devil is a lie. Them other girls can't compete with mine. You do it so good, you my mind. You pull it out, then you open fire. Or, just got rich, took a broken I can make a broken rich, but I don't broke. I'm going to call me a 
offensive and disrespectful to women. You can no longer make this assumption about me or my community. We are a diverse group of people, and we all don't enjoy listening to this music all day, every day, as you claim. We demand to have balanced programming. I demand a change. I demand change. I demand a change. And I am raging, 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 raging against the ratchet. I am raging against the ratchet. All right, that was the rage against the ratchet phone protest. And speaking of the phones, let me hit the phone line. Um, area code. 404, you are on Black Talk Radio. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. Hello, 404. Hey, Scotty. I'm guest. This, this is Sarah calling in. Oh, I can hear you now. I'm sorry. I had my volume turned down. I couldn't hear. Uh, greetings to you, Sister Sarah. So what are your thoughts on what we've been talking about over the past hour? Well, uh, first of all, I want to ask you, Ralph wanted me to ask you all, uh, what was that intro song that you played for your show? He wanted you to know who it was, then forgot to ask. It is a artist by the name of Jack Metaphor. Look him up on YouTube, Jack Metaphor. Okay, okay, Ralph, I hope I you heard that. I think he's a Chicago-based uh, uh, artist. I'm not sure, though. I got. I'm not okay. sure. I gotta check and check out who, who that is, Jack Metaphor. Okay. Yeah, he put out a track with uh. Ch- uh of Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. and they okay. and they oh, and okay. they sampled his father in the beginning. So yeah, that's that's the song they talking about. Okay, well thank you for that information, um, Scotty, and to your guest. Yes, brother Quavo. Okay, brother Quavo. Um, thank you, Scotty, and I'm going to um go a little bit in a different direction of what you were speaking of. And, you know, speaking of that, and the late sister C. Dolores Tucker, and when she came out and she spoke up against this music way, way back when, when she was being very prophetic. Mm-hmm. And all of the rappers, including the late um, Tupac, all of them called her all kinds of bees and hoes because they felt she was interfering with their artistic style and their money flow. And they later had to come back and eat those words. And now we can see how this cancer has spread and that is totally out of control in the black community. These radio stations don't play what the people want to hear. Right. They play what they program you to hear because if they play a song over and over with a catchy beat, because most people don't listen to the lyrics. All they need is a good bass line, and that is what catches black people because black people are rhythmic people. Coming from our African background with our drums and our cymbals and these things that we use for rhythm, they know that to catch you in, it to get you a good hook line with a good bass and a good beat. And a lot of people would start shaking and dancing to it. And that stuff would be calling your mama, you, all kinds of stuff out of your name. And they would not know until they listen to that song. A, a song that most people have never paid attention to. And it's the song that the Q dogs, the, um, the Q dogs, as they, as they call themselves, you know, that black fraternity, they always mm-hmm. play. It's called um, White Horse. Go ride a white horse and ride a white, white pony. And a lot of people always shake themselves to that. And I think Parliament and a couple other people, they, they put a beat with That's a white group that came out of um, Denmark. It's, it's a white group that came out with that song. And a lot of people don't know that that song is talking about riding the right horse and riding the right pony. They're talking about doing cocaine. Right. That's what that song is about. It's about you doing the lines. It's about you running, doing the lines and doing cocaine. And a lot of people, they tell me it's an actual animal that these people are talking about riding. But, it's, but they code it in, 
taking their music and people over the years have been singing and shaking to that song because you go to a lot of step show without fail, they're going to play that song. And everybody's going to jump up on the floor and they're going to start stepping. But they don't know what they're stepping to. So you listen to music over and over again and it gets into your soul and as you become, it, it takes you over and you become corrupt with it. Back to the situation with the Cosby situation and what you always saying. I'm going to give you a different spin on that. Okay. That clip that you, that clip that you played from CNN with the whole song where Cosby admitted that he drugged women and raped them, that's not what the deposition stated. The deposition asked, because let me go back in time, because me and Ralph, we're from the same generation. You know, we, we, we're okay, the same so, okay. can, I, can I say something? Can I chime in real quick before you deal, deal with that? Because I want to hear that too. But I do want to say that. Okay. Why you say a lot of the adults don't listen to the lyrics, that may be the case, but our children do. Our children listen to these lyrics. Some of these beats that they say are so good, aren't even beats. They're just like this narrative. And I understand what you're saying about us vibing mm -hmm. to the beat and it's getting to our spirit, but our children know these lyrics. That's why I get them from mainly with children. And I say, I tell them something that's violent, vulgar. They say, that ain't nothing. What do you hear that? Like I told them this song about his brother named Young Boozy, Boozy a couple of years ago. We talked about uh, Wipe Me Down. He, he talked about stepping on the brother's shoe and killing him. My little brother, who was in high school at the time, said, that ain't nothing. Listen to this. The dude mentions three brands of condoms. And he said, better yet, how about the barrel of my tech? And so I got that from him. He said, no, this guy talking about putting a gun up a woman, uh, my daughter. So it, 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 they listen to the lyrics. That's something I wanted to just, uh, just challenge you with to just bring out the children know the lyrics. Yeah, I know that the children you know the lyrics because I have um, nephews and nieces who know some of these know some of the lyrics to these songs. I'm not disputing that because you can go up on YouTube and whatever other channels out here and you can actually get the words, download the words to the songs, and you can listen to it. But for for most people, when they get caught up on the hook line that they do, they always comes in with a good bait, and once they hook you with that, the lyrics could be crappy as heck. But as long as you got that beat to it and you can dance and it has a club rhythm to it, that's what they, they normally push out here with this garbage music. But to what you were saying with Cosby and to uh, what I was saying to get back to that situation. and Yeah, Bob Bill Cosby. Now, let, let me make this um, before you uh, talk about Cosby. Um, I read, I didn't, well, yeah, I did read it. I read the thing. Um, he doesn't admit to raping anyone in the comments, mm -hmm. but he does admit that he obtained the quaaludes to give to young women for sex. So that's not an yes. admission of rape there, but there is the we know reading in between the lines because they've been talking about doing it for so long. And, and in this music, that that's what it was for. The Spanish fly. Do you remember the Spanish fly back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember all of that, which is what, which is what I was getting back in. Yeah, this is something so, men been doing a long time and being promoted to us as young men. But go but, ahead, but, Sister but Sarah. I, okay. But what I was going to say, if you go back in time when Quaaludes, mm -hmm. Spanish Fly, and cocaine and all that stuff was being done back then, that was a culture that they were doing back then. These women who get involved with these people... They know that, okay, if you do it in order to enhance the sexual experience, because these women that, that he said in that deposition, these women, they agreed to it because this is something that they did in the music industry. You go all the way back from the Beatles to the Rolling Stones. Even uh, Richard Pryor admitted that they did that. Paul Mooney, all of them, they said, this was what they, this was the rage back in those days. This is what they were doing. You have to, all of them, they go to these Playboy Mansions for these different places, and they provide these things to enhance the sexual experiences. These girls, you know, because these women, they're groupies. They go around from group to group, band to band, 
and they know this is what they do. So it's not as if though he, he did unbeknownst to them, and he slipped a Mickey in their drink and he gave it to them. He said that the woman they asked, this is what was given because they were aware of what was being done. So all of this stuff that, you know, with Janice Dickerson and Gloria Allred and all these running around here saying that Tati's a rapist, people around here knocking off women by putting stuff in their drink that they don't know about, that is totally false. He admitted in that particular case that that is what the young woman asked for because this is what she was used to doing. This is what, this was the norm back then. This is what they were all doing into that entertainment industry. Well, I, I actually have interviewed one of the um, alleged victims. Her name is Jewel Allison, and she came on back during the, she's been on a couple of times during um, the uh, mobilization for the marches and the protests on behalf of Ayanna Jones, uh, the seven-year-old mm-hmm. that got shot in Detroit. And so, you know, I know, I know, I don't know her, know her, but I have, you know, I would call her an associate. So I, you know, I wouldn't tell her, I would not tell Jewel that she's lying. If Jewel said it happened, then I believe what Jewel said. All right. And I do believe, you know, there was another young victim um, who was a 17 year old black, uh, black female, but she was not raped. And he, you know, she said that he found her and they actually filed a police report. So I'm not talking about all those other uh, white women and that were groupies or trying to get on in Hollywood. And cause we know that they offer themselves up, even the homosexual, you know, some of these men who are stars, you know, they have given up the booty to some of these movie directors. But at the same time, I, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize any victims out there because there are some real victims and people are doing that to them. As we played the clip of the 16 year old female from um, Texas who went to a party and they put something uh-huh. in her punch. And, and then so we that's why we want to, you know, focus on preventing this type of stuff. And part of that prevention, I feel like long go long term is is what uh, Rage Against the Ratchet and Clear the Airways project, because then we got this music telling young men that that's okay. That's okay to do that. So, yeah, that's the only reason I'm bringing him up. No, no, it's not, Scotty. And me saying that, I'm not condoning if Mr. Cosby was out there assaulting women. I'm I'm not saying that he did or I'm not saying he didn't. I was not there. And wherever there is smoke, there has to be some sort of fire Mm -hmm. in that situation. Cosby is a womanizer. He has a thing for the ladies. And especially um, his preference is light-skinned um, women, um, it's black women or maybe Caucasian, that's his um, taste in women, and that's what he likes, and that's his, you know, his cup of tea. But what, what I'm, these other things that are coming out here, and my only thing that I have to say is that all of these white women, because these, these are the ones who are given the airwaves, and they're the ones who are paraded on the platform from Dr. Drew to Headline to CNN, all of these shows to run with this garbage, and it's, it's pushing this narrative of the racist black male. It's pushing this face on black male as being a racist. And we all know throughout our history, the most violent racist on this planet is the white man. Yes. Because we can, we can look at our family and we can look at all the different shades of black that we got in our family. And it didn't, it didn't, it didn't um, happen by happenstance. It happened to the result of race. That's how all these different shades in our family. From right. the texture to the eye color to the skin tone, it all came about because of race. So for them to try and flip this narrative to, to make it seem as okay, you're going to take off, take it off this guy, this terrorist, this white terrorist that went and shot up those, that church and killed um, a, um, a politician, a state senator, and a pastor. I 
parishioners, when all of these church burnings that we have going on within the South, you want to lose focus on that, and you want to go with an old 10-year-old deposition that caused me made. We see what I knew about it, because this is not something that came recently. Then this stuff was 10 years ago in 2005 when that deposition was taken. Why did they break it now? It's the same way like they did with the situation with this Florida quarterback, Florida State quarterback, and the socket of that white woman in, in the bar, and everyone, you know, they're, they're trying to put this on the news. Black men behaving badly against white women. That has to be the focus. Because in the manifesto that they allege that this Dylan Roof wrote, he saw his preference was that white men raping white, um, black men raping white, white women, which is further from the truth. There are more white men out here going out raping um, black and white women and other women of color than you have black men out here assaulting, sexually assaulting white women. But now that's where the focus is being placed on. It's being placed on black men behaving badly. And their stuff is getting taken off the news cycle. And I, I, um, as you said, I don't want us to lose focus. Scott Lee is going to be deadly because apparently he did something to someone that his secrets is starting to unravel slowly, slowly but surely. They are feeding crumbs mm-hmm. to the media to unravel it. Because right now they're taking off all of his shows. It's been taken off of all, in, all of the airways. From Centric to BET to Bounce, they've taken all of the reruns off. So that is affecting his money. So they're trying to drain him financially and possibly maybe get him to commit suicide or do something to himself. That is what they're trying to do right about now because he messed up in a big way with somebody of importance. He, he did something to them. Now they want him to pay. All right. So well, um, like like I said, though, we're not trying to stay focused on, on Bill Cosby. We're not going to let it be a yes, distraction. Sir. We're going to use it as an opportunity to talk about a very real problem in our community. And I know that the that media tries to promote, you know, uh, the black vicious criminal. We talk about that all all the time. And, and we don't control white people's media. But, you know, on the second half, which we're getting ready to talk about uh, further, is this terrorist flag, what he did, Dylan Roof and all of that. We focus on whatever it is we want to focus on. But I feel like as the father of three daughters, I'm letting y'all know right now, y'all drug my daughters and do something to them coming after you. If the police don't and, and get Scotty, you first. You and, know? And, Scotty, and you're saying what we've been saying, bro. It's like with all this disrespect to our women uh, on these things, the brothers ain't having it. And so what they do is, and what they say is that, you know, they act a lot of times violently. And I ain't mad at them because people sometimes talk about balance. You need to balance this, balance that. How do you balance, I'm going to run the train on your daughter? How do you balance right. it? You can't, only way your brother can balance that is by dealing with those people who ran that train, who drug their daughter and ran that train on their daughter. And how they going to deal with them? In a violent manner in most cases. Mm-hmm. In most cases, so it, it, it becomes a big problem. And while we don't control their media, while we can't say because people say y'all got to provide them with an alternative, I ain't got to provide you with nothing. I got to tell you what you ain't gonna be playing for my children to be listening to, and you got to cut that off. And so we can make them cut it off, but we just have to put in the work and organize to do that. Most definitely, we well, gotta go after their sponsors. That's what you gotta do. You go after their ads, their sponsors, you start boycotting those those items, that those commercials that play on the station. That is what that in addition to whatever else that y'all are doing out here is gonna get the attention because I agree with you. That's why me as a young woman, when it comes to drink, I don't I don't leave my drink unattended. You can't bring me no drink. If if my drink if you tell me you're gonna buy me a drink, if it's not in a container that's on open, I am not drinking it. You're not going to no bar and getting me a drink and bringing it back for me. I I don't drink dark colored drinks. Like the sister just came off the phone like grape sodas and all anything that with dark colors in it. 
I'm not drinking it because I don't know what you could slip down in there. And, and, and as I said, unopened drink, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Parties, picnics, whatever, it has to be an unopened container. I am not taking a loose drink that you go up there and you just open up something and just pour it. No. But see, a lot of our young sisters don't know that. Not to do that. And that's why we're doing this program, sis, to tell our daughters, because a lot of them are not being told. So, you know, we got a lot of people tuning in, this opportunity for you to talk to not only your daughters, but your sons about it, too. You know, they shouldn't be doing that. And then men can be victims of this date rape stuff, too. So that's a whole nother, you know, aspect to this. Well, so, Sarah, we're going to move on. We got another caller. Thank you. Thank you you for chiming in and and sharing your uh, wisdom with us. Um, Area code 202. Uh, Thank you for chiming in. Go ahead with your question or comment. Uh, Let me see. You should be unmuted now. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. If you could speak up a little bit. Hello, can you hear me? It's real low. Can you hear me? It's real low. Is that better? Um, it sounds like well, we're getting a whole lot of background noise. Do you have us I'm on outside. speaker? Are you okay? If you would yeah. just speak a little louder, go ahead. Okay. Can, can you? Is this better? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, don't those music executives uh, promote the use of nigger and the uh, use of the word hoe and bitch. Um, so I'm just wondering how how we can mount an, a, you know, uh, an effective campaign against that when that's all part of the, the whole industry, especially with the executives and then their clients, these uh, music musicians who actually sign these contracts. And then the other part of that is I noticed that now they've put a black face on Things like sadomasochism, because Disney, uh, like songs regarding masochism, mm-hmm. didn't the artist Rihanna come out with some song related to that? So I'm just seeing how they're putting a black face on their traditional, like, pathologies, you know, with, you know, sexually deviant behavior, in addition to, of course, you know, using the N-word, etc. Do, do, do you have any feedback on that, you, Scotty, or the guest, or, or Miss Sarah? Brother Quabana. Yeah, I, I have some feedback on that. The song, uh, Bitch Better Have My Money, is a song Rihanna has, uh, which is again a violent, vulgar, ridiculous song that, that right. you know, that, that we need to come out and be organized in our, in our defense against it and come out against it. Same thing with the music, the executives. I mean, you look at what that idiot in New York just did, Donald Trump, and, and the NBC severed their contract. People who were, uh, in this contest, of uh, um, Hispanic descent said, we, we ain't having this. And we, they just got out of the contest. Host left. We as Africans, like Scotty was saying earlier, we got to have some more pride and self-love. And so this stuff has been done to us for so long that once we get it off the air, we still got a lot more work to do in terms of the deprogramming. So, but, but we can, that's what we're the first step is to get that crap off the air. And then we got to work on the deprogramming too, which we do have comrades that are working on that, but we need to do it on a mass level. But if it's okay for uh, people to uh, disassociate with that idiot Trump, uh, when, when an idiot Rush Limbaugh disrespected Sandra Fluke a couple of years ago for two days, he called her a hoe and something else, he called her a slut. He lost 14 sponsors right away. They disrespect our women 24-7, 365. On Sunday mornings, they disrespecting our sisters. And, 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 you know, we can barely get preachers to come out here and work with us to do something about this. So it's, it's uh, not, I shouldn't say that. Well, I should say that's true. But some of the people who do work with us are so-called clergy. But... Man, it's just, it's just, we just gotta look at that as a priority and people need to understand that is one of the main 
reasons why we have a lot of these issues is because this stuff is affecting our culture. Third time saying this on the show, culture is your way of life, and music is a big, important part of that culture. And, and this is in as our as culture, really. Our, oh, go ahead, Scott. Well, no, I just want to say, you know, because this reminded me, I meant to mention it earlier, this is a manufactured culture. We're not in control of our own culture here in the United States. Black people are not in control of their culture. People like, like Lucien Grange, you know, over there at Universal Music Group, these executives, Viacom, they are in control of white, uh, of black culture. White people are in charge of black culture. So it's an oxymoron to even suggest we have a black culture. We do have a black culture, but it is not that which is coming through the, uh, uh, mass media communications, television, cable networks, radio channels, uh, uh, stations and things of that nature. That is not our culture and we need to reject that as a culture that is a manufactured culture that's white supremacist culture that they promote i'm sorry go ahead yeah you're so right that's what they promote and that's what they push and when we talk about some of these artists that they are tools of white supremacy when they do stuff that's supposed to or or what you call proxy racist <laughs> that's what they, that's what they are and so when we talk about these individual artists like the poor homie Quans, like the rick laws the kanye don't care about black people waste slaves or whoever they're fake. We got to understand that. We talk about them just as an example because we know that once they get rid of Bobby Smurda, throw him in jail, they'll find a, another mm-hmm. artist, a so-called artist to come. So it's not so much about these individual artists, even though they do need to be held accountable for what they're pushing out there to the people, and they will be held accountable. But it ain't, our, our focus is more so on the puppet master and not the puppet. Right, right, the puppet master. So, I mean, it just needs more of uh, mainstream i guess no i'm trying to say mass support just like we see in all this groundswell of support to pull down the terrorist symbols and That's they flat. should yep. and to remove the bones of nathan bedford forest from the memphis city uh park that, yeah, uh-huh. but that's a, you got a lot of people mobilizing and saying this is the right thing to do. And so this is what uh, Brother Quabana and others are saying, have been saying about this music. Let's mobilize it. Let's not, if we know that these terrorist symbols are promoting white supremacy, what about the music that we're allowing to be promoted to, you know, our youth ears? And so, yeah, we just got to branch out. Don't stop at the flag. Keep on going. We got all these issues, man, that need to be dealt with people. We got a lot of work to do. Carla, did you have any more? Uh, you have another question or a comment? No, no, that was it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and and Carla, we need the people that are still listening to check out Clear the Airwaves Project Facebook page. Check out the Atlantic uh, 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 website or Facebook page, too, to get an idea of the work we've been doing for quite some time now to try to combat that. And, again, we, we, we know we got to do better. And one of the ways we can help do better is to get more help, more assistance, to put more pressure on these mass media beasts who are on, uh, who are dealing with this ongoing uh, attack, audio attack, audio rape on the minds of our children. So we need we need help. Brother Quabner, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up our segment with you and get ready to transition uh, to this topic about uh, what's going on with this terrorist flag? No, nah, bro. We appreciate you do, man. What you do with um with Black Talk Radio, and um, appreciate the opportunity to uh, come on and share with the people. Uh, our fight against this. This is so sad what's going on. It's despicable, it's detestable, it's disgusting. The type of um, lyrics that are being played on these radio stations. Just in this hour, you and I and your listeners have been talking about this. The masses of our people in places like Chicago have been inundated with the same crap. I'm talking about 
tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people back to back to back to back, listening to this poison, dropping hand bombs on them, calling out one B's and A's, telling us to take drugs, to uh, track queens, uh, to, to do all sorts of violent, vulgar, and violent crap. And it has to come to a stop. No other race would accept it, and we're not going to accept it no more either. By the end of the summer, which is too long, we got to have this crap off the air. Most definitely. All right, Brother Quab. Now, of course, I keep up. I follow uh, Clear the Airways projects and get the updates. It's not just enough people on Facebook to like a page. You also got to take a second step to get notifications. And then that way you could keep up so that when there's a call to action, put out, like, make a phone call, write a letter, uh, meet us down at the station, meet us at corporate headquarters, then you will see that because social media is a way that a lot of people organize, organize, use the tools in the right way. All right, Brother Kwabna, you have a blessed day, my brother, and we will stay in touch. Will do, Scott. Appreciate you, brother. One love. All right, that was uh, Brother Kwabana. Now, I'm going to take a station identification break, play some message music, and then when I come back on the other side, um, I want to jump into the Confederate flag issue, the Confederate memorials and um, those what they're doing in Memphis. Some black people showing some black self-respect. It's about time. See, that's what them flags and stuff is also about. It's about black self-respect, as I talked about yesterday. All right. And so um, they have voted in South Carolina to remove it. I think that's a done deal. Um, but. Uh, this story that's happening in Memphis, Tennessee, man, it had had me cracking up, laughing, and and everything. And so, want to talk about what's going on in Memphis and and what I think should be done with that with that uh statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest, the founder of the Klan, a former Confederate general who was a enslaved African trader. I mean, he was a vile evil human being man i've done research on him and i don't think that they should sell that statue and they de most definitely should not get that statue away because apparently this is city taxpayer funds was used to create that statue and so to be giving it away to the confederate sons or daughters of the confederacy just giving it to them i, I heard that that statute is worth five million dollars no 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 you don't give five million dollars to them white supremacists so we'll talk about that more um on the other side you're listening to black talk radio news my name is scotty reed broadcasting monday through well i should say monday tuesdays thursdays and fridays right here on black talk radio network Exist in a state of vanglorious as we are protected by the red, the black, and the green. Heed the words of the to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. We have to begin to move to control our community. Everything that's in your community that you don't control is a weapon against you. Public education as it exists today is a weapon against black people. TV and news media, especially the WPP, White Power Press, 
white people's paper and white people's power are enemies against black people. What the white press does is that it makes black people an enemy of black people. When we see our people being brutalized by white bigots, white racists, uh, we think that they are foolish to allow themselves to be beaten and brutalized and do nothing whatsoever to protect themselves. They are foolish. And if they should have the right to, do, to defend themselves against any attack made against them by anyone. If a dog is fighting a black man, the black man should kill the dog. Whether the dog is a police dog, a hound dog, or any kind of dog. If a dog is fixed on a black man, when that black man is doing nothing but trying to uh, take advantage of what the government says it's supposed to be his, then that black man should kill that dog or any two-legged dog, two-legged dog, two-legged dog. That there will come a time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves. Then the black man will think like a black man and he will feel for other black people. And this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together. And then at that point, you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man, you are attacking all black men. And this type of black thinking will cause all black people to stick together. And this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people. It is the only thing that will bring an end to it. No federal court, state court, or city court will bring an end to it. It's something that the black man has to bring an end to, has to bring an end to, has to bring an end to. A community is where you control your police, you control your commerce, you control your education, you control your house. We don't control none of that. We live in a hood. Well, what about the the Negroes that that get out? Oh, well, say, my cousin, they say he's a multi-millionaire, almost got a billion dollars. Three PhDs working on two more. Driving down the street in Chicago in his Rolls Royce, <laughs> enjoying himself, and he hears his sirens and looks to the mirror and sees his cop car flashing lights. <laughs> he squeezed the steering wheel, man. Huh? Heart beats fast. Huh? Cause he knows the price of a Negro, what it could be. And then when that cop car passed him by. He says, thank God, he wasn't after you in the first place, Paul. That Negro thing you can't get away from. It's universal. 
They wasn't coming after you. With all your millions, with your Rose Royce, with your PhD, huh? Didn't help. That's the hood. Huh? Why do you think you never pick up the paper 3D over and over and see white crabs come? You think it's a thousands of black cops in America. Why don't you see white crabs crying as black cops? Shot my love one party times at the back of the head. Why do you think black cops don't do that? You think they're more spiritual? You think they're better dressed? No! They got enough sense to know that white folks ain't going to tolerate it. And I will stop in our neighborhood when we decide we will not tolerate Now, if we were organized, which is hard to organize people who are just going to run crazy and you don't know you're crazy. But if we were with the money we have and the many people who would come to our aid that don't know what it's like to be a Negro. And we said, if we said, look, we saying, if we don't get a federal law to deal with police brutality, that any time a cop or anybody carry a gun, have to have a license just like you used to drive a car. And if you use it wrongly, you'll lose your license. And if it's uphill, you can never work again as a cop or a store guard or a private detective. Uh, how do you get Congress to push that through? Well, you take your economic power and you call on your friends, black, white, young and old, and say, this coming Christmas, if we don't have a federal law to outlaw police brutality by law, if we call them for a nationwide boycott of Christmas and start on Thanksgiving, let me tell you what that means. 79% of all retail in America happens between Thanksgiving and Christmas. People stay in business all year, lose money just for Christmas, huh? Well, what happens now? Huh? Black Fifth Avenue, Toys R Us, Sears and Rover, Westinghouse. They will get the bill, and all they got to do is make one phone call and say, Harry, that's the senator, uh, I want that bill pushed through in three days. Okay, it's an economic thing. It's that simple. But we have the power, but the system has wiped us out so bad. Black Talk Radio, Scotty Reed in for this broadcast from behind these enemy lines. That was just some of the message music, but I want to um, tie this into um, what we were just talking about during the last segment before I move on to the next segment. But we are trying to provide solutions. There are other people out there, Clear the Airways Project. Rage Against the Ratchet, Black Talk Media Project, that we are trying to, you know, create alternatives, you know, like Brother Kwabana was saying, well, you got to have an alternative. Well, our alternative is message music. Our alternative is teaching people through the Black Talk Media Project how to create uh, digital radio stations that they can brand locally to promote locally and give those um, um local rap artists and underground hip hop that's putting out the music that we do want to hear. And then we put them on our stations. Okay. We put them on our stations. So that that's the solution. But the other thing is like you just heard, um, Dick Gregory there talking about boycotting, um, in order to bring about federal laws to be stricter on these killer cops and whatnot. 
you can apply that to clearing the airways of this garbage. If all of these pastors that's sitting in these churches with possibly hundreds, two hundred, three, who knows how large their congregation is. And then other civic organizations, the membership of the NAACP or the National Action Network or, or homegrown groups, Black Lives Matter. If they all decided, say, hey, look, we are no longer going to be going to McDonald's or going to whatever business is being uh, uh, advertising on that station. And so then, you know, those advertisers will call them stations and say, hey, we got to pull our advertisement. This community doesn't like the garbage that you're putting out to the community through the airways. And so we don't want to lose no money. So I know you don't want to lose no money. So you need to change up, you know, your programming. You need to stop promoting black men as rapists. You need to stop promoting black women as whores. You need to stop promoting date rape by the use of drugs and, and all of this negative garbage, selling crack cocaine and, and all of that, to, promoting all that to our youth. And then we want to wonder why some of our youth act the way that they do. Then Bill Cosby wants to know why certain black people speak the way that they do. Well, that's the, the language that's being programmed into them by white people's media. You heard H. Rap Brown say anything you don't control in your community is a weapon against you. There you go. You don't control your local radio stations. You, and so therefore, they're being used as a weapon against you. It's simple science, people. It's simple mathematics. The solutions are there. Is is do we want to put our energy towards it? Like many people have putting their energy towards pulling down these racist symbols because they know that symbol means something. It's promoting something. So it's important that we pull these symbols down. And so in South Carolina, it does look like it is going to come down. And but what I have uh, stated on this program is, you know, if you're having those debates in the little towns and little areas that you live in and where taxpayers are being forced to fund white supremacy just start using correct language don't be talking about you know these men fought with valor and they were protecting their country you know the confederacy was was a rebel organization you know what i'm saying so if you you can't at the same time say you an american and then say you a confederate soldier too that don't it don't work like that it don't work like that. You Nazis, you are the vanquished. You know, but for black people, either way, con con claiming any, claiming to be an American, flying the red, white, and blue, or whether you claiming to be a Confederate flagger and, and all this and that, you as a black person are engaged in incorrect behavior. We hope that you will see the error in your ways and that you will correct that behavior. We know why you do it, because you was programmed to do that. You were fed a whole bunch of lies. But look, we got to get control of our community, so let's use proper language. Call these people terrorists. Call them, you know, whatever crime they committed against humanity. Call them by that. So we're going to listen to one of the speeches by a representative in the South Carolina House who was arguing um his point about why that flag needs to come down and and again that was all kind of hijinks going on you had this one uh white supremacist he was like oh, my ancestors was part of the confederacy and 
and those are my ancestors and this is my heritage you know what the hell did it what does that heritage consist of racism white supremacy of course he ain't going to admit to that so he just called it heritage and he kept introducing bill after bill or amendment after amendment and just kept on and kept you know obstructionism trying to derail the legislative process that South Carolina's going through. So they ain't go down without a fight. And that should tell you that that symbol is important. Why would they go through all of this trouble to keep this terrorist flag up? It must mean something. I know what it means as a person who uh, lives here in the South and have been able to observe that heritage and so-called culture that they speaking of. And it's a culture of, of death and violence and anti-freedom and liberty, rape, just all manner of, of the, any evil you can think of. People want to talk about the Nazis. Hell, these are the original Nazis right here. So we're going to listen to um, Representative Joseph Neal, South Carolina Representative Joseph Neal, as he cuts through the bull. Speak on the bill. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I sat and I listened all day long with great interest and empathy for what was said. But I, I too, would point out that when we begin to talk about grace, we really need to evaluate what that really means. Grace is not something that we earn. Grace is something that comes to us unearned. When we talk about this situation with that flag in front of the State House, I would point out to you that in all the conversations that we heard today, they all focused on one side of this situation. It was all about the Confederate dead. It was not about others who suffered and died, too. I even heard conversations about African Americans who fought in or fought for the Confederacy. And I did a little research, and what I turned up was this. Did you know that in South Carolina, there were no blacks who fought for the, for the Confederacy because the Confederate Congress did not approve black soldiers fighting in the Confederacy until a month before Appomattox. And if you look at your timeline, you'll find that Sherman marched through and burned Columbia two months before Appomattox. So what I want you to understand is this. When we talk about grace and we talk about this issue, we really ought to be talking about the whole ball of wax here. All of us. I find it interesting that no one brought up the fact that there were a million plus Africans here who were suffering under the weight of enslavement. And it wasn't really mentioned and no one talked about what they were going through. And they went through it for almost 400 years. I think that when we talk about grace, we have to extend grace to everybody. Not just one-way grace, 
but universal grace. And what do I mean by that? That flag that stands outside has stood as a thumb in the eye of those families in Charleston who lost loved ones. And we all know it. And the response that this body should give is a, a moment of grace to those families. Not just grace to the Confederate dead, but grace to those who are suffering right now, who are still alive. The grace that this body can extend to those families is to remove that flag, to remove that flagpole, to not delay this process, to do it as expeditiously as we possibly can to make sure that that, that family, those families understand that this body understands what's happened, that we grieve with them and we extend to them grace once we've extended grace to them, maybe it's in God's providence to extend grace to all of us, individually and collectively. But grace is not something that's cheap, and it's not something that ought to be used as a political maneuver. It is something in the providence of uh, he who sits high and looks low. What I would tell you at this moment is that those of us who care about what happened in Charleston, who care about the pain that this state has suffered as a result of it, we ought to be extending grace to those people in Charleston, those families, and that grace means let's remove that flag, let's do it now. That doesn't mean that we don't respect the Confederate dead and the things that they fought for. If that is your heritage, I understand you loving and supporting your heritage. But grace means that you ought to also love and support mine. It's not a one-way street. My heritage is based on a group of people who were brought here in chains, who were denigrated, demagogued, lynched and killed, denied a right to vote, denied the right to even have a family. Let me tell you a quick story of my family. My family was taken here to South Carolina. And there were four brothers, that much we know. And they were purchased by a slave owner by the name of Neil. He brought them to Sumter County. And one of them was taken to Kershaw County. That much we know. We know that two of them immigrated to Richland County and one remained in Sumter. We know that their original name was not Neil, that the family name at that time was Devote. They were from a French-speaking colony in West Africa. We know that those four brothers never saw one another again. We know that their children that were born on the plantations in Sumter and Lower Richland and Kershaw County, they were never able to have their children because their children were sold away from them. I want you to understand that these are the kinds of stories that exist in our community. They're stories of pain and suffering that I ask you to consider as you ask me to consider 
grace on this issue. When that flag stands out front, the entire African-American community feels a pain. And that pain is intensified when things happen like Charleston, when groups like the Ku Klux Klan and the Conservative Citizens Council and other groups use that flag as a banner and use it as an excuse to hate and to kill and to burn and to bomb. We talk about grace. Let's give grace where grace needs to be, not just one way, but for all of us. I know I need grace, and I think you do too. In fact, all of South Carolina needs grace because at this moment, we've got some hard decisions to make, and the whole world is watching us. The whole world is asking, is South Carolina really going to change, or will it hold to an ugly tradition of prejudice and discrimination and hide behind heritage as an excuse for it? You need to understand that if South Carolina really wants to extend grace to those who are hurting in this state over what happened in Charleston, now is the time to do it. This is the hour. This is where each and one of us ought to be searching our souls about what we need to do. On this amendment, this amendment does one thing in my view. It delays the removal of the Confederate flag. That's what it simply does. And if it is a strategy to do that, then shame on us. I spoke with several members here who I know who are proud of their heritage, and I've said to them, I'm in support of you in honoring your heritage. I think all of our heritage, heritages should be recognized. I may not be able to celebrate your heritage with you, but I can recognize your right to celebrate it for yourself. And you ought to be able to do the same with me. All of us are part of a tapestry. Our histories, our lives are all part of a seamless tapestry. And that tapestry involves some things that are very good and some things that are very bad, but we need to recognize that fact, that we're all part of the same tapestry. And finally, finally I want to mention this as I finish. This body has the potential to set a course for South Carolina into the future. We have the ability to set a new image for South Carolina in the world. And my hope tonight is that we will do so by mutually respecting one another, by mutually expect, re, respecting one another's heritage and one another's history. Now, I want to end by simply saying this. Someone got up here and said, well, you want to move every Confederate monument. I'm telling you that's not, not even on the table. Nobody's talking about it. I don't know where that's coming from. What I am in support of is telling the whole truth. And if truth be known, I, I think it would help South Carolina to tell the truth about our history.
And that's what we need to do, not hide it, not erase it, not water it down, but tell the truth about what this state has gone through, about what its people have gone through, about what significant figures in this state have done, and let the truth educate us so that we don't make the same mistakes that we made in the past today and tomorrow. Mr. Neal, that's your first 10 minutes, sir. You'd request your second. I thank you for your attention. Soldier's dream. I have a dream, even though I'm looked upon as poor white trash by a wealthier white man, I dream that one day I too can own a nigger slave and make him work from sun up to sundown to fill my pockets. I have a dream that while the southern bells who are above my station would never entertain the thought of lying down with me, that like their fathers, I dream that I can own a nigger woman to rape at my leisure. I have a dream that while sleeping with children is frowned upon by society, I dream that no one will care or even know if I subject my nigger children slaves to all manner of sexual depravity. I have a dream that when wealthy white men above my station mistreat me, I dream that I can go home, take out all my frustration and beat my nigger slave to within an inch of his life. I have a dream that when I go alligating hunting, I dream that I will have a constant supply of nigger babies to use as bait. I have a dream that when my rotten teeth fall out, I dream that like our first president, George Washington, I can take the pearly whites of my nigger slave and make myself some dentures. These are our dreams and why we chose to fight and die to preserve the institution of slavery. Black Talk Radio News, yeah. That's their heritage right there, and we just need to be frank about it, and people want to water it down, and you heard the representative there speaking truth. Let's not water it down. Let's tell the whole truth, and the truth is your heritage is is full of all kind of vile, vicious, just every kind of depravity that you could think of. If there's a word that means evil or as a metaphor, whatever, it applies to these people it really does and that's the truth about it and we have to be tell the truth as they say tell the truth and shame the devil i have often heard uh black people say so tell the truth on these devils for real tell the truth that's what you celebrating that's who you telling us that we need to pay tax dollars to maintain and support the these symbols well the city of memphis said no city of memphis said uh, we're no longer going to allow uh, the bones of Nathan Bedford Forrest, former Confederate general who fought because of he didn't have a dream because he was living the dream. Yeah, he was an enslaved African trader of the worst kind. And he is also one of the founders of the terrorist organization, the Ku Klux Klan. So the Klan, uh I don't know where y'all going to be rallying if this, you know, you're going to cancel it or what, but that flag won't be there. That flag won't be there. You know why? Because Governor uh, Nikki Haley just signed the bill to remove the Confederate flag from the Capitol ground. So there you go. Done deal. Done deal. Shout out to all those activists out there like Max Parthis lives there in South Carolina. We know that uh, our sister, Bree Newsom, went down from North Carolina to climb that pole and take that flag down. So I hope that you'll be front and center for the ceremony. 
shout out to uh, John Sims with, you know, the Burn and Berry project and everybody that's just, you know, taking a stand and saying, no, this is incorrect behavior. And as a society, if we want to call ourselves that, uh, we most of us agree on this issue right here that it is incorrect to promote terrorism, white supremacy, and slavery. So now, you know, that that old symbol has been buried in South Carolina, it's time to focus on the fact that y'all still practicing slavery under the 13th Amendment, just like all 50 other states. Well, I should say 49, because Hawaiian Kingdom um, is an occupied territory. White people calling it a state, but, you know, the deed is fraudulent and whatnot. But I don't want to go down that tangent. But anyway. Slavery still being practiced, South Carolina. That's the next thing to work on, to stop the mass enslavement of black people. Start focusing on the CEOs of the GEO Group, Correction Corporations of America. Look at your own state correctional facility. How many of these people do you have locked up for nonviolent, victimless crimes that Democrats and Republicans, white supremacists all, work together to put all these people in prison, all the law enforcement that targeted black people because slavery was never abolished. So now that one of the visual representations is gone, it's time to start working to actually abolish slavery. In this country, that, those are my thoughts. And then some people say, ask a white person. Yeah, let's ask white people. Well, actually, Neely Fuller said, ask, you know, the people who put that flag up there. Now, there is a woman. I don't know her name right now. I'm trying to find her name. But she is the descendant of a racist white supremacist. I think he was either the president or the vice president of the Confederacy. Jefferson Davis and so she got emotional and one of the things that we tell people not to get emotional because sometimes you say things you don't mean or you tell things you know you just tell on yourself you blurt it out so I don't know where this woman stood a year ago or two years ago or when that so-called compromise with that flag was passed in South Carolina. I don't know where what side of the line she stood on, but today she telling you what that flag stands for. She ain't she didn't she's not being codified in terms of white supremacy. So yeah, this is one of the descendants of Jefferson Davis who was elected to the South Carolina House and she we're asking a racist suspect what she think about that flag there represents something that her Great great grandfather was a part of. But believe that we do not have the heart in this body to do something meaningful. Such cannot believe that we do not have the heart in this body to do something meaningful. Such as take a symbol of hate off these grounds on Friday. And if any of you vote to amend, you are ensuring that this flag will fly beyond Friday.
and for the widow of Senator Pinckney and his two young daughters, that would be adding insult to injury, and I will not be a part of it. We need to follow the example of the Senate, remove this flag, and do it today. Because this issue is not getting any better with age. Thank you. So that was um, the descendant of um, president or vice president of, of the Confederacy, which I was thinking about earlier. Do y'all know that in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is in Mecklenburg County, which was not part of the Confederacy, it was only two counties in North Carolina that joined in with these uh, racist white enslavers down here in that Gaston County in Cleveland County where they caught that terrorist Dylan Roof. All right. Mecklenburg County was not, but that's where they negotiated their, uh, I guess, you know, wrapping up their final surrender was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they have a plaque uh, commemorating that. And I have read something about a week or so ago about the city council talking about removing that plaque. And most certainly they, they should shouldn't be on public property on on the street we don't want to have any monuments for white terrorists to congregate and plot and plan to commit acts of terrorism to be worshiping at the altars of white supremacy we don't we don't need taxpayers to be paying for nothing like that and and like mr jerry richardson said of the carolina panthers who also said take down that flag in south carolina where he's from but he doesn't support any Symbols of division. So you can't bring the flag up in the Panther Stadium when Cam Newton is doing his thing and, and you know, waving the Confederate flag. Not that I've seen that in this area. And, and then just to say, you know, commend the white people that live in my area. I haven't seen them selling any countertop, you know, Confederate flags, trying to make some money off of it and, and things of that. Now, I haven't seen that. None of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm going to compliment y'all on that. Y'all have come a long way. Still got a million miles to go, but we, we will give you a ribbon for that. But on the Charlotte issue, I, I want to know where Michael Jordan stands. Because he, you know... For those who follow sports in North Carolina, y'all know that, you know, Michael Jordan is from southern part of North Carolina. I know his father suffered much under the hands of racist white supremacists sporting that flag and whatnot. But, you know, he tends to just stay out of these sort of things and he doesn't say anything. Now, he's an NBA owner now. He's not a player. He's running his NBA, his own plantation, you know, but, you know. I don't want to compare athletes being paid multi-millions of dollars to anybody that's really in. I don't call that slavery, but I know comparisons have been made. But Michael Jordan, though, man, he is a he he's a curious brother. He Let me just stay codified. Michael Jordan is curious when he should speak up. He doesn't on matters of race and white white supremacy and, you know, the culture of terrorism in, in North Carolina. I've written things in the past about, you know, he's the front man from the Haynes 
Corporation, which makes Hanes underwears and the T-shirts. Y'all seen the commercial with the the uh, racist suspect wearing the kitten's ass the shirt, and then Michael Jordan comes through. Yeah, the Haynes family, they were big-time eugenicists, you know, practicing racism and white supremacy against black people in North Carolina, which had an extermination program that we know was going on being run by the state all the way up into the 80s when I was in high school. We know this now. We didn't know it back then, but that's what they was doing, practicing, running a extermination program sponsored by the state. Michael Jordan don't talk about any of those things. He doesn't use his billions that I know of to, you know, get behind a message or a promotion of justice. He has said in the past that Republicans buy shoes, too, and that's why he wasn't endorsing Harvey Gantt over the racist white supremacist, confirmed racist white supremacist Jesse Helms. So he, he was going to stay out of there because Republicans buy shoes too. And we saw a photo of some Ku Klux Klan people holding a demonstration in Ferguson and one of them had a pair of Jordans on so Michael Jordan was right. White supremacists buy shoes too. So I'll just leave it at that to, to stay codified. Um, Tando Radio Show will not be coming on. Usually comes on at 6 o'clock p.m., but um, Dave got to eat. He has, you know, his own business that he runs, and so he has a, a client he has to take care of something with. So he most certainly would be on the air if he could be on the air. But again, um, got to get some co-hosts on to fill in for him, get some of those people from the RDP group and uh y'all can fill in for him so i'm gonna do one more sweep of the phone lines don't see that we have any questions let's see yeah do you rate the uh one of the listeners said that the uh racist suspect descended of a white supremacist who was the vice president or the president jefferson davis you can look him up on the internet she said eight innocent people died but yeah there were nine people who who were killed that's right that's right there's so many of they killing so many of us i guess you know she's like just lost track but yeah nine people did die were murdered they didn't die they were viciously murdered and gunned down. He left one alive to go tell the world to spread his message of racism and white supremacy. So that's what those things represent. That's what that flag represents. And it is about time that black people practice self-respect and not allow their tax dollars and stuff to be supporting the burial grounds of, you know, people like Nathan Bedford Forrest, the founder of the Klan, vicious white supremacists. Look him up. He said he killed so many. He killed over a hundred, almost two hundred black Union soldiers. They had captured right and uh, had them like in this this camp, and um, you know they were already starving them and whatnot. But then set it on fire, killed them. You know, burned them up alive. This is this is man had a shrine in Memphis, Tennessee. That white supremacists would flock to every year. Because the Black Autonomy Federation, uh, they used to have a radio program. That organization, Black Autonomy Federation, uh, based in Memphis, Tennessee, they participated in protests. 
Uh, they did programs showing how to, how the city, which is run by black people, black mayor and other city council people, a lot of black cops, were protecting these white supremacists as they came from all over the world on their their pilgrimage, if you will, to this to the grave site of, of this dude of, of Nathan Bedford Forrest, the founder of the Klan, vicious white supremacist enslaver, just just vicious. You know, there should be no monuments to anybody like that. Show me a monument anywhere in the world maintaining Hitler that's not on private property. Show me that. Show me that. Somebody show me that. I know they got monuments in Africa, South Africa. Some of them students try to pull them down and have uh, removed them. Zimbabwe, the same way, because symbols have meanings and they promote something, a way of life. They promote a heritage. And whose heritage are they promoting? Enslavers, terrorists, white supremacists. But finally, it looks like Memphis got some self-respect and that's the you know the black people that are being showcased in these so-called positions of power finally have done something and it's quite funny if you ask me i'm laughing at it but uh some people may i understand may not find it so funny but i really don't care how you white supremacists feel so here's a report out of memphis Nearly 24 hours after Memphis City Council voted to remove the statue of a Confederate general, the future of the statue is uncertain. WMC Action News 5's Ben Watson has learned several groups are now interested in calling the monument their own. Well, the question of just what to do with this statue may be answered soon. We've learned that several groups are interested in making a new home for the statue honoring Nathan Bedford Forrest. The bronze itself is worth a lot of money, and, and um, I would uh, I would certainly be hesitant giving away. Memphis CAO Jack Salmon says several groups have approached the city about the statue. Some have wanted the city to give it to them. Others want to buy it. Uh, I've been told that to replicate that statue would be north of $5 million. Salmon says the statue is over 100 years old and was made by a great artist. By phone today, Lee Miller of the Sons of Confederate Veterans says his group is interested in it. And in an email sent to the city, Kent Collier of the Savannah City Commission says Savannah, Tennessee would be happy to assume any costs associated with relocating it to their city near the Shiloh battlefield. However, Salmon says before anyone can buy the statue, Forrest's family would have to sign off on it, and moving the statue must also involve the courts. There, there's, there's a process. There's state law that we've got to, um, to adhere by, and, and you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna absolutely follow all the, uh, the appropriate uh, ordinances, statutes, etc. from the state. Stay with WMC Action News 5 for the latest on this developing story. Ben Watson, WMC, Action News 5. So that's the report out of Memphis. Got to get them uh, some applause on that one because that's um, showing some black self-respect. If you're going to say that you are a black mayor and you're a black city council person and black people paying taxes, you can't be maintaining no symbols 
and let alone a mausoleum, a grave site of a, a vile human being like that. You know what do they do to people like Patrice Lumumba? I don't think he even has a grave. Can you show me Gaddafi's grave and, and what do they do with Saddam's body? You know, where where is Che Guevara's body? You know what I'm saying? Because they inspire people to become revolutionary. So, you know, they make it white supremacists, make sure that there are no going to be no shrines and things of that nature. No grave sites even. See, they they just go in and destroy the enemy. So I guess this man still got living descendants and I guess they do have a right to their his bones. They want to cremate his remains and keep it in the urn or whatever and charge white supremacists a dollar to come and rub the urn or whatever. You know, that's on them. That's on their private property. But most certainly, you know, utmost respect for showing black self-respect and saying, you know, Forrest and his wife have to go. So that's your great, great grandma and grandpa no longer gets a free grave plot. And, you know, we're evicting you. Like so many millions of people have been evicted from their homes and a lot of black people. I read a story earlier about Detroit. A lot of old our elders being put in the foreclosure from this scam that white people on Wall Street engineered the bankers and the financial institutions that got the bill out. And they're processing thousands, tens of thousands. It's like I heard it called the foreclosure conveyor belt. That's property being taken from black people. Gentrification. So let's not let them, although it is a great symbolic victory in a show of black self-respect of giving a white supremacist enslaver, vicious war criminal, the boot. But let's not think the fight ends there. Let's end slavery. Tennessee, they certainly practicing 21st century slavery and human trafficking. So let's not stop there again. Tando radio show will not be on air, but I'm thinking about Tando because they, they talk about them precious metal, precious metals, silver and gold. And as you heard that man on the clip say, that's a lot of bronze. This statue worth five million dollars and they should definitely should not be giving it to the Confederate sons, the sons of the Confederacy or the daughters of the Confederacy. Look them up, put them on terrorist watch list, find out who the founders is and all of that. Let's put them on the public maintain white supremacist list. Let's put them on there, but definitely do not get this five million dollar statue to them. And don't sell it to them either. What you should do is melt that buddy down, melt that bronze down into a square, then cut squares off of it. Then you put those squares up for auction. Who knows? You might could get a billion dollars and then you have a billion dollars to provide public services for the people of Memphis. That's what you should do with that. Shouldn't allow them to create any more shrines but if it's that really that important that's the compromise we'll allow you to buy squares of a melted down bronze statue of a vile human being and you know we'll make it a public auction so we can identify 
<laughs> more racist white supremacists who it means so much to them that they're willing to spend $100,000 for a two-inch by two-inch uh, square of, the, of this bronze. That's what y'all should do, city of Memphis. That's what the taxpayers should, should do. They got a citywide um, ballot initiative. Put that on the ballot. That's what y'all melt it down. Don't sell it to them. Don't give them no nothing. You know, stamp it out. That's what you're supposed to do with evil, right? You're supposed to stamp it out. So we can put it in a machine shop and we can stamp them out, you know, two by two inch <laughs> pieces of this statue of this terrorist. All right, y'all. That's my program. Tune back in tomorrow, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I most definitely uh, can check the calendar to see if we got any guests lined up. I want to thank Brother Quabbin and make sure y'all check out the uh, Clear the Airways Project. We've linked up to their Facebook page, but it's Clear the Airways Project. Rage Against the Ratchet. We also link to uh, their website. I'll give that to you for those that's not on the website. That is Rage Against the Ratchet. Dot com. Check out RageAgainstTheRatchet.com. And if you don't have any areas, you know, any uh, groups like, you know, that's willing to step up and clear the airways, start one. Start one. Maybe you can become an affiliate chapter of one of these groups and, you know, just y'all hook up on social media and have planning committee and then y'all can organize how y'all going to get these pastors in line and these imams in line and these NAACP chapter presidents in line and getting black people on one page that we going to clear these airways of, of all this foul music that they pumping into the airways into our community. Those bad vibrations that, that, you know, that's what they're doing. All right. Peace and blessings to all. Recognize the fact that you live behind enemy lines. It's a war zone out there. There's casualties every day. If you don't believe me, just go to killedbypolice.net, killedbypolice.net, and get the daily casualty count of all of these people in the process of being enslaved in one form or fashion, being money extorted from them. So many stories that are untold. But they've gotten gunned down by the neo-slave catchers that now call themselves police, enforcing the slave code, the modern slave code. So that's something that we need to wake up uh, people to. It's, it's real slavery. So we can abolish the Confederate. Yes, abolish the Confederacy across the land. Just ban it, stamp it out. But then we got to work on the, the corporation called USA Inc., United States of America that's practicing slavery. It owns a corporation called Unicor. The House and the Senate need to debate that and close that up and stop practicing slavery. Those are jobs that they could have on the outside instead of on the inside getting paid slave wages to support the empire of USA Inc. So let's not stop, y'all. Nothing's a distraction. It's just a, some, a signpost alone, the path to freedom. Peace and blessings to all.
Nilaya, host of the Abolitionist Daily and co-host of New Abolitionist Radio. What I first loved about the Black Talk Radio Network was how the programming was giving a voice to my passion. I loved that the broadcasts were able to teach me ways that I could help build a community that I want to be a part of. Now, just a few years later, and the Black Talk Radio Network features my voice, and I understand how valuable it is in changing lives. Malcolm X warned us to take the power of the media seriously. It was Malcolm who said the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. He wasn't lying, and we know that it takes a strong and consistent media force to compete with the negative images and messages of misinformation which flow throughout the mainstream day and night. Well, the Black Talk Radio Network is that strong and consistent media force, offering a wide range of programming with topics from politics to faith, from health to pan-Africanism, black history, and the latest headlines are on Black Talk Radio News. 24 hours every day, seven days a week, live streaming and downloadable podcasts, all through a platform that is compatible with major outlets like TuneIn, iTunes, and stream seamlessly through mobile devices and even in your car. We do all we can to fulfill our end researching, studying topics in depth so we can give informed commentary, inviting guests who are leaders in their professional and academic fields so we can hear from the experts. And when it comes to the grassroots, no one makes more connections and establishes relationships with the folks who are in the streets and at the meetings, the people who are actively protesting, agitating for a better world, than activating minds to join the struggle. In all of this, though, we need your help to make sure the message continues to go out all across this nation and across the world. The Black Talk Radio Network is listened to by tens of thousands of faithful listeners and adding new listeners every day. We need your help to continue the mission and grow the network. Come to the website, blacktalkradionetwork.com or blacktalkmediaproject.org and click on the link to donate. Let's make sure we keep this new media going forward and as we go forward into this new millennium.